Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly roundup of the best of bailiwick sport. Uh, coming up, we'll look back on the first full women's rugby match to be played in Alderney. Everybody was just so hyped, you know, it's like a proper game day feeling again. And I've, you know, I've not really had that in two years because of COVID. And I was just so buzzed and everybody was exactly the same. We'll also reflect on the first full paddle in Trinsula with Guernsey lifting the new Corquera Cup. No one knew what was what was going to happen, like how good they were going to be, how good we are. You might play three times a week, but you don't really know how good you are when you're in Guernsey's little bubble. Plus, we'll find out how hay bales and cruel nets have been helping bring an X factor to junior athletics. We kind of branded it cross country with a difference. Um, I think sometimes it gets a bit of a stereotyping that it's sort of this sort of running around a field in bleak conditions and whatnot. And we were obviously not able to control the weather, but we are able to make the, the event a little bit more unique. An interesting evening for the kids at Footslane on Monday. Uh, we'll also have a look ahead to what's coming up this weekend too. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me this week is Gareth Prevo. Hi Tony. And Jamie Ingrall. Hi Tony. Uh, great to see you guys. Um, yeah, it's busy, isn't it, at the moment? There's lots going on. <laughs> yes, our diary suddenly got packed out from, from sort of a summer of trying to um, fill a few days here and there. We've, we've now got absolute stacks going on, it seems, but it's great to actually to be able to get out and about and see more and more sport. Yeah, lots to talk about this week. Um, let, let's start with some picks of the week. Um, Gareth, I'll come to you first. And the, the sun's been shining, but it's back to the indoor sports, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago. I was sort of indoors watching um, the basketball season come to a conclusion sort of because of the delays last year. But we've just had the start of the, the new men's Division One top flight. Um, a bit of a, a redraft has gone on. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. I mean, um, Skipton... Uh, officially sort of defending champions but there's been a few sort of player movements um, as they do the sort of like the franchise system Um, and Skipton came undone in the first game on Monday they um, lost quite convincingly to Le Mans who looked pretty strong actually I must say I mean Skipton were missing uh, a couple of uh, key players and sort of on paper you'd have to say Le Mans were very much favourites going into that first game but it was really good to see um, the, the youngsters stepping up to the mark now. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of established stars in local basketball who've been around for, for many years and, and still playing to a very high standard. But they're now being sort of complemented by um, youngsters coming in and, and looking uh, more assured uh, and very much sort of like being part of the team rather than just sort of like having a minute or two here and there just to uh, see what it's like in senior basketball. They're actually now... Um, uh, real valuable members of each squad and uh, no, it was good to see that on Monday night and I think there could be some very interesting games going forward this season. And I guess basketball was quite unique in that sense of sort of mixing up the teams almost every year. Yeah and no, I think it really works well for them. Um, there's not sort of, uh, the thing is in basketball certainly in the, in the men's division one um, everyone gets on pretty well so they they very much understand that for the for the good of the local game just spreading out the talent evenly amongst um, whether it's sort of like three club sides and the island um, select side also playing division one um, it helps develop the game and gives good even competition throughout the season um, so yeah this year it's going to be very difficult to predict a winner I think um, I'm interested to see um, also how Mayside go now with um, Martin Yabsley back he'll be a big influence as, as he always is literally <laughs> yes quite literally <laughs> but um, no I must admit I was very impressed with um, Le Mans how they look like they've gelled pretty quickly so they could um, they could be in with a good shout of um, the title come the end of the season and staying inside Jamie uh, netball season in full swing we've had a big match on Tuesday night yeah, likewise, in netball, we've got a good three-horse title race. Uh, on this occasion, it was champions, Resolution IT Green, versus runners-up, 
Blaze A. And it was as close as could be expected, really. Um, Rezes, as he was called them, won 53-45. But, yeah, they've got another three matches this season. And it is a genuine, like, rivalry. It can go either way. So I'm looking to see how the season develops. How competitive was it on Tuesday? <laughs> Very competitive. I mean, it was even for most of the game. You're, I think Blaze were punished for sort of letting Rezes get several goals in the, trot in the third quarter. And that ultimately made the difference. But yeah, um, Blaze were also missing a few players through injury. So that's another thing which could, once everyone's back at it, it could make for some really close encounters in the near future. Great stuff. Yeah, plenty more coverage of basketball and netball in the paper, I'm sure, over the coming weeks. And um, yeah, we'll be reflecting those title races on the, uh, on the podcast as they, uh, as they take shape. One sporting event that me and Jamie both uh, got down to over the weekend was the, uh, the first paddle in Trinsula, the, the newly named Corquera Cup, uh, named after the inventor or the uh, sort of credited inventor uh, of the sport, uh, a Mexican chap. Um, yeah, the first kind of full interinsula played between Jersey and Guernsey under a sort of team format. Um, yeah, it was a, a really cracking atmosphere down there. Yeah, well, it's amazing to see a new sport come along and develop so fast. And at this point, I think for Corkwell Cup, we had 51 interinsula rubbers. That's kind of the highlights and like culmination of it so far. Um, and it's obviously caught the eye of quite a few very good tennis players. Like we've got Scott Clayton from Jersey, who's essentially moved from being a professional double specialist into paddle. But um, even so, Guernsey won very convincingly, even against a team captained by Clayton. Um, yeah, 36-15, which is pretty promising. Yeah, and there was some talk about Jersey um, you know, being at a disadvantage because their courts aren't covered over there and they can't play all year round. I don't know why they can't play in the, uh, the, the, the wind. I think that's just an excuse. But. <laughs> They always claim to have much better weather over there, so surely they don't need covered courts over there. <laughs> the, med- the Mediterranean uh, yeah. uh, southern island. Um, I thought one quite nice uh, feature was the, uh, the sort of the scoreboard was, well, took the shape of a thermometer. Yes. Um, so each match, each rubber um, was played, and, and, and afterwards the winner would then stick their team sticker in the score on this thing, and obviously the, the idea being to get to the magic 26-point uh, mark, um, yeah, which was really cool. Yeah, I know the backstory of that thermometer um the day before the interinsula weekend i was speaking to sarah woolland who's one of the organizers she was at the fab lab at galore library desperately trying to print it out <laughs> and she eventually made it and i think oh, it's a really nice feature and apparently it was inspired by the fed cup in tennis Ah, cool. Um, yeah, definitely something that we should see, I think, more often in uh, interinsular sport. More thermometer scoreboards, yes. please. <laughs> Taking the temperature of interinsular sport. Um, <laughs> right, well, uh, just staying on the subject of paddle, I've been catching up with Lauren Barker, who's a member of the uh, Guernsey team at the weekend. Obviously, someone who's represented uh, Guernsey in tennis for a number of years now, but is uh, increasingly interested in paddle uh, and helped the, uh, the Guernsey team to, as you say, Jamie, that convincing victory um, over Jersey this weekend. I caught up with her a bit earlier on. I guess, first of all, Lauren, just give us a, a sense of the sort of atmosphere of the weekend. Um, I know you guys had played or, or you know, the, the teams had played an interinsular a couple of years ago, but this is the kind of first, I guess, proper interinsular, is it fair to say? Yeah, this was the first proper one. It was a, There was an event two years ago um, on a much smaller scale, um, and this time we had 51 matches, loads of teams in three categories, so there was loads of people there. Jersey brought uh, 26 players over. So the atmosphere was just, it was like a constant buzz, I would say, because obviously it was spread over two days um, to fit all the matches in. But the, 
you know, the club was busy the whole time. I think because we've obviously we've got three courts, which is great, but for that many people, you know, you are spending a lot of time not playing. But it was quite nice in a way because then there was always loads of people watching, cheering you on. Like it was quite noisy, um, which was really fun because you don't always get that in tennis. Like there's quite a lot of rules in tennis about being quite quiet uh, <laughs> during play, whereas in paddle, it's kind of, you know, the rules are a little bit looser in that sense. So it was really fun to get that atmosphere. That's awesome. And crucially, it was a really good weekend for Guernsey. Well, yeah, crucially, exactly. <laughs> very successful and it was quite it was fun because no one knew what to expect from Jersey because obviously we haven't seen them for two years no one knew what was what was going to happen like how good they were going to be how good we are I think that was the weird thing you know you play you might play three times a week but you don't really know how good you are when you're in Guernsey's little bubble um, so yeah we were lucky well we weren't lucky we were pretty strong actually um pretty convincing wins across the board in all the categories yeah and that giant thermometer filled up with green stickers pretty quickly yeah um that thermometer was so good yeah such a nice such idea a i mean idea. yeah you, you think of sort of i always think of the Ryder cup as one of the sort of great sporting events even for people who don't like golf because it's just mm. the excitement of, of of how it sort of develops over the weekend and and, and every point yeah. almost being as, uh, yeah, as worth the same as another yeah. one it, yeah it kind of gave that feel to it it's such a good way to make to make individual sport into a team thing because otherwise it can feel like so much pressure you know especially like tennis or, or paddle tennis any any individual sport there's so much pressure on individuals so when it's an interinsular or, or a team event like Ryder Cup it just becomes more more interesting I think and more exciting. Is the plan then to replicate this format going forward annually and alternating as well because I know Jersey have got a slightly yeah. different set up in terms of the courts and stuff over there but I think plans yeah. in both islands to expand what's what's available definitely well Guernsey's planning to have five paddle courts at the club where there's currently three um, they've already covered one of the courts so we did have two indoor courts one outdoor we've now got three indoor hopefully we'll get two more outdoor and then Jersey they've got loads of plans for a couple of paddle clubs over there I think obviously the plan will be to alternate hosts each year like other interinsulars but um obviously jersey are kind of catching up a little bit in terms of facilities so it might be that whilst we're still kind of gathering speed with this sport maybe guernsey will host again next year just because of the facilities and then i'm sure jersey will be ready after that and and for you personally um yeah you've obviously come from a tennis background and, and have a, a tennis coaching role which is your job um but i know you've put a lot of energy into paddle recently so you obviously see the potential of it um I, I suppose both as a player but also in terms of you know yeah coaching and that kind of stuff yeah it's weird because it's so new you know I really had never even heard of it until there were suddenly courts in Guernsey and I remember thinking when they were building them like why are they why are they bothering with this sport that no one knows about and no one plays but um it's been really quite cool to see how quickly it's grown even in little Guernsey um, and I think like Guernsey the growth rate in Guernsey kind of represents how quickly it's growing everywhere else as well um, and even in the UK it's growing massively and they're just building more and more paddle courts all the time so I I've just sort of gradually got into it and it's it's just really really fun I think I obviously spend a lot of time on a tennis court 
coaching or playing. So, you know, if I've been coaching all day, it's nice to do something a bit different. Um, but obviously, as a tennis player, I'm quite fortunate that uh, I can pick up paddle quite quickly because it's a lot of, you know, transferable skills. Um, but it's just nice for me personally to play something different. Um, and yeah, it's I'm a bit addicted now, I think, especially after the weekend. I'm really like determined to play more. Yeah, fantastic. And, and when you see someone like Scott Clayton, um, who's over as part of the Jersey team at the weekend, someone who's played ATP doubles, played Wimbledon doubles, um, who's now seemingly switching his focus really towards paddle, um, I guess it gives you an indication of the, the potential. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Scott is full-time paddle now. Um, he's not doing any any tennis coaching or, or any tennis playing, really. Um, obviously, he's an extremely good tennis player. So for him to have made that move and he's putting everything into paddle, paddle coaching and paddle playing, um, that says a lot. I, I think he's not alone. You know, there's other, other tennis players and I know a lot of other coaches, uh, like in the mainland, that are that are easing into paddle. Recently, I went to the UK for a paddle coaching course as well so that I can deliver some, some paddle coaching here. So it's all just starting to change, it feels like. Yeah, tennis has got a bit of a fight on its hands. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. There's a lot of people that play both and I tennis is still my, my number one true love. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. So, and, and, and I guess no competition for me. <laughs> and attention kind of switches back to tennis a bit in some ways, doesn't it? Because we've got the tennis interinsular is, is quite soon, and then um, you've got sort of various winter county competitions. Yeah, yeah, there is actually quite a bit going on. We've got the adult interinsular end of November. I want to say the 27th, but it might be the 28th. Um, and then I think the weekend after that is the county cup. So we, we kind of team up with Jersey then um, to play as the Channel Islands against other counties, um, which is always really fun. And it's been really irritating having not played that for two years, obviously, because of COVID. So I cannot wait to go away for a, a tennis trip and compete against some some other people for sure. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, yeah, thanks for sparing some time to talk about the weekend. Congratulations on the win. Cheers, Tony. Great stuff. And um, yeah, we'll be uh, switching our attention to tennis then over the next few weeks and months. Cheers, Lauren. All right. Thanks, Tony. Guernsey tennis and paddle player Lauren Barker speaking to me just there. Congratulations to everyone involved in, the, in that event and uh, particularly the players uh, for landing uh, a big intrinsular victory for Guernsey. That's what we like to see. Um, now, moving on to uh, rugby, and uh, as we said, that paddle was the, the first sort of full inter-insular we've seen in that sport. Up in Alderney at the weekend, uh, there was the very first full women's rugby match to be played there. The Alderney uh, Rydunians taking on a, a Guernsey ladies vet side in front of what has to be said, a, a fantastic crowd. Two or three hundred there by the looks of it. Yeah, it looked pretty impressive. It was on the um, school field at St Anne's School. Um, and it was good to see a, a lot of um, familiar faces in the, the Guernsey Vets side who've enjoyed a lot of success in Lady Siams and uh, the English leagues over many years go up there and sort of show what women's rugby is all about. Yeah, it's really taken off um, rugby in Alderney. I know some good work done uh, on the men's side over the last couple of years. They've been coming down, haven't they, and taking part in those sevens matches and playing St Jack's as well. But as I say, the first time um, that a full women's match has been played up in the, the Northern Isle. Um, so great to see. I, I, 
I spoke a little earlier on to Rachel Marion, who's someone uh, well-known in Guernsey rugby ranks, who's been a key part of the Guernsey women's team for many years, and is now up in Alderney um, teaching in the school there. Um, she turned out for the Alderney side at the weekend. I'm sure enjoyed taking on some of her former teammates. And um, yeah, I started by asking her uh, just how big an occasion it was. So it was the first ever women's rugby match on Alderney, and it was the only this ever second women's match of any kind um, take place. The first one was netball. So a huge, huge day for the island and the club, um, as well as the Guernsey Ladies Raiders Vets team. It was their first fixture on tour, so to speak, and their first official fixture was was fantastic. Um, everybody was so hyped. I think, you know, I had people stopping me in the street all week, you know, parents asking me in school like when they were picking up or dropping off their children like who do you think is going to win what do you think the result's going to be because obviously I know all the vets from from playing with them in Guernsey and um, obviously coach and play with the girls here in Alderney so I've got a good understanding of where we would have been and you know everybody was just so hyped you know it's like a proper game day feeling again and I've you know I've not really had that in two years because of Covid and I was just so buzzed and everybody was exactly the same you know we got down here the pitch was beautiful you know scenes couldn't get any better for rugby nice day for running rugby just a little bit too hot unfortunately <laughs> I'd say <laughs> but um you know the crowd was massive there was like over 200 people down here to watch um, you know, this one game, you know, which you'd never even think about. Do you think that's probably about 10% of the population of Alderney down down watching the game? And, you know, um, both sides put in a fantastic um, fixture and it just it created a real buzz around the island. Like people are already talk, still talking about it to me and going, OK, when's the next fixture? I was like, just get over the first one, give me a chance <laughs> to sort the next. Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, I saw some pictures from uh, from the day and as you say, the crowd such an amazing turnout that must have been so encouraging for everyone on the pitch yeah it was it was definitely that extra person and you like you had someone to perform to and show that that this is what i've been learning and this is this is what i can do um and it was great because there's sort of you know um young children there so obviously there's not a lot of sporting opportunities on the island for young people at the moment and that's sort of like what we're trying to do um in school and outside schools create young opportunities and then obviously their parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and everybody was down here watching and you know people i've never met before coming up and saying congratulations what an amazing fixture you know all the kids that i teach were running up and going oh miss marion that was amazing like you're awesome and it just it, it gave a really really community feel to it and it was just an amazing day Fantastic. And yeah, you mentioned the sporting opportunities. Um, I guess, you know, on the men's side, it's, it's hard enough to get sort of team sports opportunities, I guess, for all age groups in Alderney. But on the women's side, that must be multiplied um, you know, many fold. So, I mean, what an achievement to, to get it off the ground and presumably something that you'll want to, yeah, you want to build on and, and help to give young girls and women you know, more sporting opportunities like that. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and you know, in the last two weeks since people know that we've been having this fixture, we've had four or five new players come down to training. And that's women. That's not men. That's women coming down to training that wanted to may not have necessarily enjoyed sport at school, but gone, oh, actually, this looks like really good fun. And we're trying, trying to create a positive environment that is for everybody. And, you know, no matter what age you are, you can come down and play or, you know, um, what talent you are. You just come in and um you know have a go and enjoy it and become part of the the club um giving the girls an opportunity hopefully within school you know pushing them to be able to 
come over to Guernsey or, um, you know, maybe further afield if we can get some fixtures, you know, push them that way, maybe join up with the Guernsey um, Academy for the girls. But in terms of women, I think, you know, we, we co we work together with the vets team really well and we learned a lot and hopefully that's given us a little booster to want to like get pe more people down there to get those fixtures and i put it out on um, social media onto the women's fixtures page about you know what a mon monumental occasion it was for Alderney. and there's so many teams that have put on oh, no, please come visit us get in contact we want to come over or come to us you know so there's people that want to play fixtures which is fantastic oh brilliant and i mean it's building on some good work that's been done on the rugby front um, in Alderney in the last couple of years. I mean, do you think rugby, actually, probably, I guess, not having that big a history in the island, but but as I say, you know, stuff really coming together in recent times. Do you think rugby as a sport is something that's got a lot to offer Alderney? I think it has because, you know, we, we, we take anybody. It's not, you know... You, you can do anything in rugby. It's, it's a it's a game made for everybody, isn't it? That's what rugby prides itself on, and it doesn't matter who you are that you come down and play. And hopefully, you know, whether I I think we're the only sport on the island to have a male and a female like team, because I know the football doesn't and things like that. So it's amazing to have. So why not be us? Let us be the torchbearers, and hopefully that make, makes it so that everybody else will go. Actually, no, maybe I will. We might start up a women's section or a girls section, you know, not just a, a mixed section, but actually specifically targeting targeting um, women and young girls. You know, it would be amazing. That's great to hear. And what what about for you? What was it like facing up against the Guernsey Vets players? Obviously, that you know very well. I oh, it, it was like old times, really, like going back down to training and you know getting run over by Christine Barber or <laughs> you know Gemma Crowds. You know, you knew what you knew what was coming, and you just sort of like, oh right, I'm just going to ride the wave on some of these because. I know what's going to happen, but it was just so much fun to be back playing against and playing with some of them as well, you know, because we changed up the teams um, to allow um, the Alderney side to have that experience. But oh, I just loved it. I thrived off it. And it's like so nice just to be back playing and, you know, playing with people that know how to play rugby and, you know, just want a bit of fun. And, you know, we call it a bit of jouet, you know, a bit of French finesse. It was great. <laughs> and you're still quite new to the island. Um, how are you settling in? Yeah, so I've been here uh, coming up to two months now. And obviously in my role as a PE teacher, it's been quite full on, you know, first first year in the job. And it's been great, but it's been great. Everybody's been so welcoming, so lovely, like constantly getting waved. I thought I got waved out a lot in Guernsey <laughs> but, and like stopped and spoken to, but it's a whole nother level up here, but absolutely loving it. Oh, good stuff. Well, it's great to hear from you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Rachel Marion speaking to me a little earlier on there. Hopefully we'll see um, Alderney's women uh, playing uh, lots more games in the future. Yeah, really uh, good to see what's going on up there. Staying with Rugby Gareth, let's talk about Guernsey Raiders because it was another fantastic win for them away at the weekend and heading into what's probably going to be the biggest test so far of their season. Yeah, um, they've got Henley Hawks coming over to Guernsey uh, this Saturday. Um, which um, promises to be, like you say, Tony, a real stern examination of Raiders. Um, typically, their game against Barnes turned into yes, another <laughs> real thriller. There's never more than one score between those sides whenever they play, it seems. And um, Guernsey ended up winning the latest clash, 26-19, but it was a proper ding-dong battle by all accounts. I know um, Jordan Reynolds stayed over in England for a couple of days, I think, just to get over the, <laughs> the, the excitement of that one. Um, but no, it's another good win for the Raiders. They're now up to third, five wins on the trot. I mean, that's really good going. 
Um, the only loss so far was the one to Worthing, which I know Jordan was pretty disappointed about because of the first half showing, and Worthing are currently sitting top of the table. So they're obviously... Um, I think they've obviously learned a lot of lessons from the last time in the National 2 because they just seem to be grinding out these wins yet. He's, he hasn't been overly impressed with any of their performances, it seems, but um, to win five in on the trot and sort of five out of six with only one home game having been played so far is really good going. Um, Henley will be a tough test. They've, they've only lost one as well this season. They haven't played as many games because of the tragic loss of one of their players on the first weekend of the season, which caused the postponement of their subsequent couple of games. Um, but judging by their results so far, um, I think this could be um, a very tight game. Um, you do think or hope that the, the Garenstan, the 16th man of the Garenstan might make the difference on Saturday, but I think they'll need all the support they can get. Yeah, it should be considerably better weather than it was yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Well, fingers crossed, yeah. Was, <laughs> that seems to have been the, the one home game this season, seems to have been the one bad day for rugby that <laughs> there's been so far this season. So um, it'd be nice to have um, at least a dry day and hopefully see the, the Raiders' back line in full flow. Yeah, exactly. And I think a slightly later kickoff than usual, 3.45. Yeah, um, it's actually a bit of a double header with Henley because St. Jack's Vikings are playing against Henley's second team um, straight afterwards. I think half past five kickoff it's due to be. So um, a bit of a feast of rugby going on sort of late afternoon at Foots Lane on Saturday. Just before we leave the rugby, uh, our colleague Rob, who's not with us today, uh, Rob Batiste wrote an article this week um, extolling the virtues of, of Anthony Armstrong, um, describing him, I think, as the, the finest sight in Guernsey sport at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how he feels about that. <laughs> well, there's no pressure on Anthony to keep producing now, is there, for the rest of the season? Um, I, we're, we're quite well blessed at the moment with some really exciting talent in our back line. And um, certainly, Anthony, just the, it, it does make me laugh. I always sort of joke with Jordan that whenever we get people coming over... Um, we need sort of tall people in our forward pack. And yet, if you see our side line up, most of our tall guys are all from our back line. So it doesn't really help in terms of line out jumping and things like that. But when you see um, Anthony and his brother Matt sort of in full stride, they cover ground very quickly and very difficult to bring down. So I know where Rob's coming from on that one. It's certainly a great entertain, an entertainment value when those two are in, in full flow. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to see yeah, one of the finest sights in Guernsey sport, then get down to Footslane on Saturday <laughs> for, for Guernsey Raiders against Henny Hawks. Just a couple more bits to cover off then from a busy week of sport. Um, Jamie, first, first of all, how's your marathon training going? Oh, <laughs> um, I'm currently in taper mode, so I'm not doing an awful lot at the moment, which is quite refreshing. But yep, uh, we go in a week and a half's time. Yeah, good stuff. It's coming around pretty quickly, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that more next week. Uh, but you were down on Monday, actually, looking at a sort of slightly different <laughs> version of athletics. Yeah, so um, we had the Guernsey Athletics cro Schools Cross Challenge. Uh, for those unfamiliar, it's cross-country with a real twist. I think... Um, yeah, you've got kids scrambling over all sorts of added obstacles. You've got logs, you've got, even got a net crawl, you've got various little things like tyres, etc., just to make it a bit more varied. I think it, it was, I believe, the brainchild of Lee Merrion, Guernsey's own Olympic marathoner. And it seems to have really thrived over the last few years, and it's got a real good feel factor to it, I think, um, because you'll just have lo loads of kids down there watched on by parents and teachers just having a really fun time tackling the course yeah it does look uh, like a lot of fun I'm not sure I would have said that at that age but <laughs> um, yeah, quite spectacular sight some 500 um, children involved from 20 schools uh, you mentioned Lee Marion who's behind it obviously uh, 
uh, big name in, in Guernsey running and someone who's um, doing a lot now to bring on the next generation. I spoke to him a little bit earlier on about the event. Yeah, so Lee, I guess first of all, just uh, I think you've been doing this for a, for a few years now, a couple of years. Um, just give us a sense of, of, of you know, what makes it a unique event and, uh, and, yeah, and how much the, the kids got out of it on Monday night. Yeah, well, essentially, we kind of branded it cross-country with a difference. Um, I think sometimes it gets a bit of a stereotyping that it's sort of this sort of, you know, running around a field in bleak conditions and whatnot. And we were obviously not able to control the weather, but we were able to, we are able to make the, the event a little bit more unique by making it a sort of twisty, turny kind of course, uh, sort of spectator-friendly. So the atmosphere um it's good for the for the students to, uh, taking part and obviously there's the the obstacles as well so logs to jump hay bales to, to hurdle over um nets to crawl under uh we didn't get it this year we didn't it was a bit of a problem uh, sorting out we we're gonna make a muddy section but we had that last year um but yeah we had uh in, in, in jest a few of the kids will say oh where's the mud so we'll make sure we've, uh, we've got that for next time yeah definitely making the most of uh of what you can kind of get out of foots lane as a cross-country course yeah well obviously yeah you know you, you you've got what you've got around there but there's we've we've yeah, made really good use of, of uh, probably not the biggest of spaces when you think about how long you're trying to make a loop but we yeah we had a lot of switchbacks and things which you know allows the athletes to sort of see where other people are uh, and when it's in a closed space of course you've got you know more spectators in a congested area which only adds to the atmosphere and um and spirit of the event which which is a which is a real big thing for us really yeah great and uh, there were some 500 kids involved i mean that must make it one of the biggest um one of the biggest nights of, of junior athletics in the year yeah i didn't really uh, think about that until afterwards we, we increased our numbers this year by by introducing a fun run for the primary school level so we have got basically for those that don't know the event well it's it, it, all the primary schools that came along, I think, bar one this year, unfortunately. Otherwise, we had 13 schools, which was great. Um, but we did it as a sort of a team thing for the girls and boys at years five and six. But we kind of wanted to make it more inclusive. So we brought in uh, a fun run as well. So for those that didn't get in their, their scoring teams, they still got to run the course and, of course, stay afterwards as well and support their teammates, um, schoolmates or whatnot. So um, we had another sort of, I think, between 90 and 100 kids taking part in that, that purely in that fun run. Um, uh, and then we had 160 across two, uh, 150, 160, so about 70, 70, 75 in each of the boys, and then same again in the girls race. So, yeah, primary school alone, we had had uh, over 250 runners, and then we had the um, the high schools as well, of course, after which meant they could use the same course with a few little few little additions to the to the loop to make it slightly longer. But um, yeah, we calculated uh, I think around about 530 finishes to the race. So. That's absolutely fantastic. And I have to say, I wasn't the most adept cross-country runner when I was uh, that age, Lee, um, for various reasons. Um, but when you look at what you're trying to achieve with this kind of, you know, the, the, the sort of the novelty factor of what you, what you kind of inject into it, um, do, do you feel like it's more engaging for a wider kind of spectrum of, uh, of young people? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, that's one of the biggest aims of it all was, was to be a bit more inclusive um you know you've, you've got the people that you know like sort of like myself or whatever in years gone by like who are who, are, who did all right across country and um and then the people behind were probably the ones that were sort of like almost in the past making up the numbers or were dragged along kind of thing um by by teachers and things but i think now um hopefully and we'll build the momentum we've done it now for for primary school for four years and high school for two years um and we've seen an inc even just on the, the in these first these last two years the high school numbers have gone up so 
Um, hopefully that snowball effect of those that have done it at primary and that move on to high school will, will, will know that it's it's a little bit more team orientated, there's a bit more fun to it. Um, you know, you, we're trying to really sell the sort of um, support your school to support your teammates and, as well and create a bit of an atmosphere down there that just makes it a bit more, enjo- makes it well, much more enjoyable and then obviously running around a, a field when there's no one to cheer you on and um, uh, we want to we want to try and create an atmosphere and, and um, I think we managed to do that. Yeah, it looked great. And I gather your son was among those uh, putting in a, a strong showing down there. It must have been uh, great to see. Yeah, no, yeah, he was doing all right. He's got a good little engine on him. <laughs> um, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's into a few other sports as well, to be fair to him, which is, which is also great. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he does all right at the running too. So Clearly an event then, Lee, that's growing year on year. Um, I presume the ambition is to, to keep it continuing and, and sort of yeah, create these opportunities going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we tried the, as you already mentioned, the um, the the, uh, the fun run aspect, which seemed to be really well received, and that got more kids involved. Um, but uh, we would like to sort of kind of hopefully grow that a little bit further with support of the schools and whatnot. Um, the only challenge I think that we had this year was that we didn't actually have a sponsor for the event this year, so we were. Uh, it's not the cheapest event to put on. We're going to all the kids at the primary school get a, get a t-shirt, memento to run in and keep. That's quite a big outlay when you got you know 160 uh, 160 plus children um getting involved so we're hoping we can um continue the momentum like you say of the event and obviously importantly we can find over over the course of uh, between now and next year's event a supporter backer of the uh, the event to allow us to kind of grow it further i suppose and uh, and at the very least continue the um the, the momentum that we've already built up for it and what's next on the agenda for you so yeah i guess we're still sort of mopping up from this so we're trying to um get some uh, we've got, just got the results and everything out which is uh, uh important i think some people like to sort of follow up and see how they got on we read their out the results but uh yeah going forward we've got a few new things that we're, we're looking to try and do in um in our sort of sports development if you like so um so we've got a, a thing which we're going to try and set within schools a bit more uh, uh it's called team speed which will be um uh, something that uh, you know the under the underlying principles of athletics essentially that are going to help and assist with the athleticism of all of all athletes. So um, it's something that I kind of feel quite strongly about. That, you know, from the physical literacy component, I suppose of uh, of, uh, of our sport transfers quite well, I think, to, to many running based sports and things. Um, so uh, yeah, we're going to try and do a little bit of that, and obviously and then plan ahead as well, of course, to the uh, to the to the to the stuff next year as well yeah brilliant well thanks very much for for telling us a bit about uh, monday night it looked great fun uh, it sounded like great fun and uh, yeah hopefully uh, those kids will be enjoying their athletics for years to come yeah hopefully so yeah thanks very much Lee Merrion there speaking to me about the Guernsey Athletics Schools Cross Challenge. Uh, yeah, and great to see Lee's son doing well as well, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, I'm Lee's son, Thomas. He's, he's a year younger than quite a few of the people he's competing against. But yeah, he ran a really mature, sensible race. Um, you can see in his physical stature, he's not as big as the other guys. But yeah, <laughs> he's got his pace judgment spot on. He took the lead after one lap and went through to a quite convincing victory. Yeah, you'll be taking some cues from him then for the uh, the old marathon in a couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> uh, let's just have a quick look ahead to what's coming up this weekend because there's going to be a few adults out of the weekend for the start of the winter cross-country series. So yeah, on Saturday, we have the opener to a four-part FNB cross-country series. It's annually very popular. Uh, it starts off with a two to three mile race around Lancres. It's at a site we call the Stone Crusher. And yeah, it's nice and undulating, shall we say. Be on the start line for that? Nope, I'm tapering from my <laughs> marathon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> slacking, slacking. <laughs> um, 
what else is going on, Gareth? Where are you going to be? Uh, well, the rugby, I guess. Well, yeah, I'll be um, I'll be pretty much based at Foots Lane throughout Saturday. I think I'll be heading down to uh, the hockey club first. So I'll be watching college take on Colombians. Colombians had a, a good win last week, considering they'd lost their first couple of games. They, I thought they were pretty impressive against uh, Yobos, who had been going well so far. Um, and then, yeah, once that one's over and done with, I'll be heading across to the Garen Stand to take in the Raiders game against Henley. Well, thanks very much, chaps. Just before we go, a uh, word on football. We'll be back on Monday with another football show. But um, some good news for Mayor Letizia, named in an England squad again, Gareth. Yeah, she's um, in the under-23 squad for a, a friendly against Belgium uh, later this month and um, they've, they've made quite a big thing of it in sort of England circles that um, the, the England women's manager is sort of looking to develop a, a path a very obvious pathway from sort of the junior ranks into the into her senior squad so this is obviously a, a pretty big step for, for Mayor to be involved in the under 23 squad now. Yeah really cool and obviously unfortunately um, as a result of Covid the last couple of years her international ambitions or you know those international opportunities have been a bit limited at age group level I think it was an under 19 euros which didn't happen which she would have liked to be involved in yeah she sort of she was leave she left the England under 17s where she was captain of that squad and sort of hoping to be part of a a European under 19 sort of championship um, campaign which as you say Tony because of Covid never actually took place so sort of the next step was sort of due to be under 21s but it seems like the, this, the under 23 squad is the next um, step now so um, it's obviously a, a good chance for her to impress the, the representative coaches. Yeah best of luck to her. Um, also on the football front GFC looking to build on that win on Saturday away from home they go to Chipstead um, and uh, we spoke about Alderney Sport earlier on. They've got their first home game of the season this weekend, hosting North in the uh, Prio. So, uh, yeah, lots going on around the place. As I say, we'll be back on Monday with another football show and back next Thursday uh, with another Guernsey Press Sport podcast. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers, Tony. Well, thanks for chatting. <laughs> <laughs>